Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and writing, direction, cinematography, and acting, and honestly, a little of everything, by focusing on Apple TV's sci-fi mindfuck severance to hash it out i am joined by our executive exclusive senior correspondent and my favorite audi and that is mr theodore buck buck welcome who are you <laughs> the first line of the, the first line of the show who are you oh i'm sorry i got a little ahead of myself i'm here for the <laughs> waffle party uh, i'm here for I probably st- the eight the egg or the melon party and then a sexy strip tease by uh, a bunch of people in um i guess that we call them furries really they're yeah you know, they're, they had those like <laughs> wasn't expecting death. that in the waffle party but uh the egg bar oh, sounds no. like it's legit as well so <laughs> That's right, guys, because today we're talking about severance. It's an amazing telling of what I call soft science fiction. So most people know hard science fiction. So hard science fiction. Hardcore, uh, the science nar- fiction. hardcore versus softcore <laughs> science fiction. Uh, yes, in, in, indeed. Because the hardcore, you know, that takes us, you know, into space, to other worlds where we meet aliens and all this fucking crazy shit. Where, whereas with soft science fiction it's grounded and that's where Mm. we find ourselves with severance because it's grounded but with a science fiction twist and that allows us to see our own lives in the story while also asking important questions and exploring philosophical conundrums ultimately to explore what our futures could be and equally acting as a bit of a warning so we're not going to distant lands we're staying right here on earth but it's in the not it's in the this is why I called it a warning. It could be a possible future. It's it's one oh, of yeah. those not too distant futures, but this stuff could happen. Well, it's one of those things where I've said it's <laughs> when when you have some of these topics brought up in science fiction films or any other film too that really has like a question of philosophy. It's something that you've thought of. Oh yeah, like before. Like don't don't tell me you've ever kind of wished like you could just kind of like not go to work and kind of like yeah <laughs> only every just day just kind of um <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that's my life right now uh no you could just like you Story know kind of daydream of through work Damn like life. if you could yeah. not remember it that would be fantastic so and that's yeah um that is obviously uh the masterminds behind this started with that basic premise and we're going to mm-hmm. talk about that here in a bit but before we do of course we all need a little background. So the series was created by Dan Erickson, Ben Stiller. Yes, that Ben Stiller. Cable guy. <laughs> and Aoff McArdle. It stars Adam Scott, Zach Cherry, Britt Lauer, Trammell Tillman, Jen Tullock, Dykin Lockman, Michael Chernis, John Turturro, Christopher Walken, and Patricia Arquette. The plot centers on a simple but provocative and profound premise, as we were just alluding to, and that is this. What if we could separate our work memories, so everything we literally do from nine to five, from our non-work memories? So everything we do outside of that nine to five window, ultimately creating two distinct separate selves, like a Socrates kind of self, within the same body and mind. And that's 
That is the beginning of our discussion section. But before we get there, of course, we need a little word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, well, buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turned to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it, won't be disappointed. So please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures. Now, back to the show. So we're going to start there, Buck, with the, or we're going to start there for the discussion section mm. with the premise. <laughs> so clearly social commentary on our pursuit for work-life balance. We've heard that for yeah. fucking years now, right? You have to have yeah. a work-life balance, especially in our modern era of tech where we cannot fucking escape it. I feel that way all the time. Like as soon as I have, as soon as I try to take a break or I or I get into the zone to focus on writing a new piece or what whatever it is, um, I get a ding, right? You get that yep. ding and it's it's ding. a work email or it's you know, it's it's something work related and it pulls you out of of either the break you de- so de- so badly deserve or the other or the passions you want to pursue outside of work. And this is um so overall it's also that social commentary on how it's becoming increasingly hard to keep it's talking about how it's becoming increasingly hard to keep work out of our private lives. Yeah, cuz cuz we have these um we have these little square or well rectangular blocks in our hands you mean our overlords we've been talking about that in our shows Um, the algorithm overlords that mm -hmm. controls our fucking lives every day yeah we have these we have these yeah like that (laughs) amazing computer things that uh are like 33 times more powerful than what we sent to or thirty-three thousand, i think it is more powerful than what we sent to the moon you know something like that oh wow like is that a real statistic i don't know i'm just (laughs) I'm just like making stuff up, but it, yeah, I mean, it, I think what what the computing power of what we have. This had, could be guys. This could be uh, Bucks in <clears throat> right now. It may, yeah, it may be a. <laughs> there's like calculators, like, like a sab- really, We're being sabotaged right it's now. It's like a pocket calculator or something. Was the computing power they had on on the Apollo things or something like that? But um, yeah, no, and and I've experienced this uh, in my life. My previous. Um, not to get too personal, but my previous job was very Give much. It to us. I had a I had a boss that was basically said, if you have this job and you get something and it is during the pandemic and I know you're not doing anything, it's all free game. You know, we would have meetings at eight or nine o'clock at night um, and stuff like that. And so this show really hit me hard. Uh, yeah, you, I, we were talking about that in our pre-show. This this show really hit home for you because um, I I really struggled with that. It's part of the reason I left that place. Um, 
But, you know, a lot of these themes. Because you didn't have any balance, right? I had hardly any. Um, it was really bad. And, and there's other things, too. This this job was also very much. Um, it, and it was kind of cool being in a place that really believed in what they were doing. But it almost felt cold like. Yeah. And um, put a pin in that because I'm excited to talk about the show and the imagery, especially uh, the any world versus the Audi world, because yeah. everything inside of Lumen was very sterile and white and, and yeah. very almost medicinal. You know, and uh, that's kind of what you're alluding to in that last comment right there. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and dive in. And of course, like we always do, Buck, we got to talk about the plot and the writing. Uh, so plot versus writing versus characters, uh, because it is, you know, as much as it's like a surreal psychological sci-fi thriller, and it is all those things. It's also a dark comedy. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. what I loved yeah. about the show. Like it's that's... it's 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 poking fun at at these business worlds at the oh yeah at at the our incredible um, handbooks yeah like <laughs> jesus christ our incredible fascination with ceos now too we didn't we didn't do this 20 years ago but because of like fucking twitter and the elon musks of the world that are like invading our lives in a public domain like we never seen before like celebrities it's it's allowed to have social commentary about that as well. And that's where the dark comedy comes in. And this is why I thought the casting of Adam Scott. So Adam Scott's, you know, he mostly has done comedy. I I think this is one of his first dramedy type of roles in a long time. You know, he came from uh, Parks and Rec. And so he has that, he has that baked in history of comedy and he was so perfect, right? At being this guy. And and that's that's why I've always said comedic actors end up being. Mock. Mock. Um, (laughs) Uh, you, you know, they always end up being really good dra- dramatic actors. Oh yeah, not just Robin because, Williams. There's a whole history of this. Yeah, because I, you know, the the theory has always been, you know, comedy is really hard to do and hard to act in. Um, but yeah, he's had a, like a long range of um of different. I, I wanted to say I was trying to find the uh the other films he's been in, but he's had a really like broad range. Yeah, he was in Krampus. That was the one I was thinking about. He's been in horror movies. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that there's some dark comedy in that as well. But like, the guy is a talented actor, and wow, I, I, you know, one thing I, I, when I started watching the show, I knew Adam Scott was in it, but I was not uh, expecting some of the casting in this, which they knocked out of the freaking park. I, I fucking yeah, it was perfect. And uh, I mean, my God, they have the the la- they have the new uh, Emperor from Dune, uh, Shaddam Carino. <laughs> Um, freaking is that Walken? Christopher Walken? Christopher Walken. I uh, was shocked that he was in it. Christopher Walken. You know, uh, the only the only way I can it. do an impression of Walken is by saying his name. Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> I can't actually say any other things. Yeah, it's easier when I hear it. More too. cowbell or yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the things that have been like totally um you or, or no or no, I say or I, I do this one. I go, you guys. That's guys, that's a better one. Yeah, you guys, go to the <laughs> store and you buy some. That's cheap. it. That's it. That's my entire impression is you guys. But John Turturro as well, who I he's one of my favorite actors of all time. Um, he's great. Oh my he, god! I mean, you know, with his, his the night of. I mean, he has yeah. such a Coen a Brothers history. movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, such a long Barney history. Fink. Uh, one of my favorite ones that he the he fucking ever... Batman. He was the, he was the villain. oh yeah he was yeah he was the, the he... Batman. Actually, I I talked about I I tweeted this and so I'll say it here. We're all in agreement that um his Audi is 
the villain from Batman, right? It's it <laughs> takes place in the same universe. That's what I want to think. That Severance and the Batman take place in the same universe, and that he's his Ennie is the one we always see, and then his Audi is is like this mob boss. He's he's Catwoman's dad. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Spoiler alert. No, I'm just saying, like you know, you know, he's he's one of my favorite actors, and and so and I, I've really. Yeah, you know, Patricia Arquette, you know, she's a legend as well. But like she she did was <laughs> creeping me the the F out. But like I'm looking at a lot of the cast right now and they 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 did such a good job with this. Um and that's that's why I think, you know, you when you and I were talking about this originally, I, I was, you know, it, it just it was something where I, I it was like a stars online kind of thing. Oh, well, you brought it to my attention. You were like Novo. Dude, you've got to check this out. And as soon as I did, we got me and my wife got addicted. We pretty much binged it, and I knew it would be a perfect addition for our show. Yeah, if if you anybody that knows me, I'm pretty hard on a lot of film and and TV shows. But if I if I start watching something and I can't stop watching it, that's the, there's only been like three or four times that's happened in my life. Uh, the first time it really ever did that was a show called Battlestar Galactica uh, <laughs> oh, a long yeah. time ago. That was the first show I ever binged, but the second one was Breaking Bad. It oh, was, yeah. yeah, I could not put it down. So. And we did a whole show on True Detective season one. That was True Detective one. season one. I told you no. about uh, the first season about uh, Mr. Robot was like that too with me. Yeah. And yeah, just to pull it back. So let's know a Nova pull back before we go into the characters. Yes, it was excellently cast and yeah. the characters themselves are fascinating and, and the dichotomies and how they um, interact and their yeah. <laughs> and they're just they're just the, the circle, if you will, of, yeah. of all of these people, um, the characters that that is in in the plot. Uh, yeah. But the writing itself. So I want to talk a little more about the writing, because the more I analyzed the show, I realized how really smart the writing is mm -hmm. and how philosophical it is. And you did this actually in the intro, which was perfect. And that's the very first line of the show is who are who are you? Yep. And um, it's asking, you know, us as the audience, who are you, are you when it comes to your job versus who you are outside of out of work? And we're doing it right fucking now. Like <laughs> how we are right on our show is definitely not how we are in our in our day jobs. And so I can relate to this. I can relate to this on many different levels because I have always said it this way. Um, this is part of the reason I never really wanted to go into acting because I always joke, well, I act every day. You know, when I'm mm. when I'm doing my nine to five uh, versus now, obviously, versus when I'm just in front of grandma, you know, when you're in front of family, you're a completely different version of yourself. And Novo, within that basic premise, Novo saying everyone that he's dead inside. And this is what <laughs> now, now, not dead inside. <laughs> I just pick my battles. <laughs> I pick my battles. It and, explains, uh, you know, it explains almost so 20 much. years of friendship at this point. Uh, oh, God. Oh, my God. We're uh, but yeah, I, I, I think we can all relate to um, this this idea, though, right? And within the basic premise of um, the memory separation. Yeah. But it how, you know, because that, that's how, you know, um, that's how I saw the writer's room, right? The pitch was, okay, here's the premise, but how do we make an engaging plot around that? And yep. they did it masterfully. Like as much as there's not a, a lot of like huge set pieces, like fucking Fast and the Furious, you know, crazy shit going on. You're so entertained. You're so captivated. And I think part of that, Buck, is this. 
Um, I think he took, I think they took a chapter from uh, the book of Abrams because this gave me a lot of, just in the mystery part, a lot of lost vibes. Well, I I just think how, not, 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 I'm not happy with it right now. (laughs) About what? Book of Abrams. You're talking about JJ. The JJ? Um, Yeah. Talk about the JJ. Yeah. Well, well, you know, me, I'm not going to get into Star Wars at this point. So, you know, you could, but I I hear you. Yeah. Well, I'm just talking about the mystery, just the writing. Yeah. I'm not talking about the other flagships or IPs that he's um, steered into uh, yeah. glaciers. But yeah. <laughs> but I'm talking about just the concept of uh, using the he's talked about this at TED Talks and stuff is the box. Yeah, we have the plot is centered around the box. What is inside the box? And the box is essentially Lumen, you know, and yeah. figuring out what is going on. Why? You know, at, and to me. And spoiler, and probably a little bit of spoilers to me, if we don't know yet exactly, but at the very core of what I think the show is, just plot wise, I think they're doing studies on the people, you know, they're trying to figure out, does the literal severance, you know, can we use, can we almost, could we possibly weaponize this and use it for so many different things? The biggest one in the show being that there was a woman that wanted to forget that she had to give birth because of the pain yeah. or whatever, right? And it's a very subtle subplot, but it's it's there if you look for it. Or or forget pregnancy and all the things that went on during it. You could literally close your eyes and then you could have a, new, a baby in your hands. Because, yeah, so what is the show? I mean, besides the fo- philosophical things it talks about and, and in a very fun way and in a, in a dark comedy way, the the overall aim of what this program is what is it to yeah. you because it to me it was we need us we're these people are really the test subjects it's not them right. doing the thing you know whatever the numbers really represent it's that they are the test yeah th- so there's a bunch of theories obviously of what they're trying to do like you know i've read corporate espionage they're trying to do things i think um you know the whole purpose behind it is so that people can do things without being um, morally challenged or um, or have their maybe their outside influences or, or thoughts influence their decisions. And so you can live your life being happy and not worrying about what you did, whereas you could be like literally going in during your severance session and killing people. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that that's kind of and it's it's a so it's this would be good for of, the military in a way. Well, it'd be another form of slavery if you think about it. And that's basically what it is. And if you and throughout history, you know, and right now in my head, I'm thinking of like a uh, concerto coming up behind me and me pulling out <laughs> a pipe and and sitting down <laughs> in a fine leather chair saying T-Bucks history corner. Um, but no, oh, I throughout like history, history corner. Yeah, all, all empires have been built off of slavery somehow. Whether it's, um, you know, obviously we had we had issues here back in the the day. We had a big war over it, um, you know. But still, even to this day, we you know we we especially in the eighties and sixties, seventies, eighties, we built a an economy off of using really cheap immigrant labor and stuff like that. It, I mean, it, it, you see this throughout history. Uh, now we're probably getting into automation where um, and things with like robotics, that will be kind of the next free labor kind of thing. So but this is like another asset of it. Um, so so that's where I kind of see it is, is that's the whole kind of like. And these moral. are the 
question. So about yeah, it. I feel like we're on the same page then. And these are the these are the test subjects, so they can figure out all the ins and outs. Especially when we learn that uh, Miss Casey is another spoiler is. But if you didn't already know this tough titties, Miss um, Casey is Mark's wife that he thought. Yeah, he lost. that's a big. That's a big thing that we find out. That's. I remember there was just this little piece of dialogue about it, and I remember someone saying maybe it was. Um, it was Harmony Cobell or Miss Selvig, uh, as she often is um, called in the show. They they were asking somebody. I think it was maybe Seth Milchek. Like they really don't recognize each other, and like yeah. this is really working. This this level of severance. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's dive into the characters. So the main protagonists is our is our, our is our fearsome foursome. That's Mark, Kelly, Dylan, and Irving. We've already talked about them a little bit. The main antagonists is Seth Milchek. Harmony Cobell, Miss Selvig, or often called Miss Selvig, and that's Patricia Arquette. And then the supporting cast is Miss Casey, uh, Devin, and Rick and Hale. And I, um, I have to say, just a little side note: I feel like he kind of became one of my favorite characters, Rick and Hale. Um, that's the brother-in-law, Mark's brother-in-law, just because he was he played that role so perfectly. <laughs> like we've all had friends or family members like this. That, we've all been uh, in that dinner conversation too. Exactly. Yeah, we've Especially all, where we've I all live. been there. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. But yeah, I I guess the point is is he I felt like he would steal the show a lot. He would steal like every scene he was in, he would steal it. Like you just wanted to you just you gravitated towards him. Should I leave? Should I should I leave it this way or should I turn it? No, should, should I, I, I leave it on its side? So you know that, that was the actor, the comedic actor. That, I bet that wasn't even in the script, but he just like just just give that character a little more, uh, for lack of a better word, character. You know, he would do these little things just to bring that comedy to land a little better. And then there was Burt Goodman, uh, which was uh, played by Christopher Walken. You guys, okay. that was a good one. And they, they do severance things on us. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the Egan family. And um, this is yeah. what I, I talked about this a little later in our outline about themes, because there's there's a lot of. But I, let's go ahead and dive in a little bit now. There's a lot of religiosity in the show, right? Yeah. The Egan family are treated are glorified like they're, you know, they're religious prophets or religious, almost, you know, how the Pope is treated or something like that. And like almost worshiped. Well, if you, if you work at a a corporation or some of these corporations, especially the ones that have been around for a long time. And I have, um, this is like taken up to 11 on the, uh, <laughs> the corporate worship thing. But like, I, I've been in, you know, I, I worked at a savior, company right? where I worked at the company. The first thing you walked into in the foyer in, in, in the lobby was a giant painting of the uh, founder of the company. And you would walk through the hallway, like where they would take all the guests and they would show the history of the company. This is how we did all these things in this great. And of course, the handbook is like the Bible. Well, it's employee handbook. Yeah. And it's it. (laughs) again, this is taken up a notch uh, with the company. And I, I told you this hit home way too close to home fucking nail uh, i worked guys. at a and, and and i'm 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 saying it's it's an over exaggeration but there were in my i remember in this handbook it wasn't a it wasn't a physical book it was a pdf but i read it and the first thing and that was a quote from our founder of the company of course and and <laughs> it was course. like uh i was like okay but i mean you don't think about those things a lot because you're like okay this is just a job but like yeah 
this is something that happens a lot in these corporates uh worlds where i mean the founder it's kind of like i said you know our companies and ceos are a new royalty uh we said that oh my god yes i mean so this is social this is more social commentary on how we look at billionaire fucking ceos and how they're viewed and yeah and how they're viewed in modern society and they've become like celebrities as much as god i miss the days do you remember when there was there was a time not that long ago that we had no idea who ran these fucking companies, and now we are yeah. inundated by Elon Musk's uh, tweets. I like Elon. I kind of like Elon Musk. He's okay. Uh, I in my think book. he's. I think he's been having the world's longest uh, midlife crisis. Um, <laughs> he, he's, it, this has <laughs> been going good. on for a few years now. Uh, but yeah, uh, you have like Zuckerberg. Uh, Jobs, yeah, Zuckerberg, obviously. Bezos. Like I, I, I mean, Apple I has the a days. big thing of Jobs, like a big picture of him doing his. Yeah, yeah, and I what what I love is there. like this is why I love stand up comedy yeah. so much too is uh, that always makes me think of Bill Burr's set uh, or bit where he talks about like you know why we worship these these type of characters like they weren't in the fucking back soldering an iPhone you know like yeah. you know they it, we always have this it's like the myth of the genius or the or the lone genius that they don't have these yeah. huge teams around them and that's how we glorify them right that's how they yeah. become celebrities like oh well he did all these things and he built all these things i'm like yeah but not fucking alone like the the myth of the the lone genius don't get me wrong i think a lot of these guys are, yeah. are could be considered geniuses but there's a lot of people at the bottom doing the hard work and legwork and a little bit of, you know, we, we had talked about <laughs> different forms of slavery. A lot of people at the bottom can be viewed as that, especially when we go into these third world countries and we're hearing about sweatshops and all this shit. I mean, it's it's not far fetched. Well, it's 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 you can even find it not just in corporate life um, academia, which was another place where I used to be in. Um you oh have God, these yes. in Jesus. academia world, you have these and sometimes they become mainstream, like a Neil deGrasse Tyson is one of them. But some of them deserve it. Don't get us wrong. Right. Yeah, some no, of these no, deserve kind saying... of the celebrity status. But then sometimes you're like, all right, shut the fuck up. All right. We're, but we're, but we're, you we've heard but enough, in academia, guys. if you get into your corners or whatever, what, you know, of study, you have these huge figures and you kind of and they're brilliant people. But at the same time, you when you really get down to it, you realize and you look at how many grad students they had or how many contributors they had were. Yeah. And, and from me knowing that, you know, 90. 90% of the work comes from your probably your grad students or the people doing all the data analysis and you're the one kind of managing the paper all the grunt work all the fucking yeah, yeah. where now, like now that's not the case sometimes, sometimes or interns you know where yeah these same thing I, and I would use the word I would use the a word the the uh there's a lot of abusive that's that a oh, word yeah. abusive practices going on uh, at all levels at all levels yeah to well not only but, but all it's in an inverted pyramid uh, yeah well, yeah it, it doesn't happen as much at the top versus it know, doesn't happen as much at the top yeah that's that's, that's what i should preface but yeah yeah but there definitely is as you get higher up especially middle management with with uh higher ups in the company really you know what they call it the the modern hell is middle management um <laughs> That's a good segue to um, the true art of the show, because um, between uh, imagery, cinematography and back to the writing, honestly, I feel like there was such an art in uh, a lot of these uh, triads, if you will, the these trinity of things, because they would use a lot of 
imagery or blocking of scenes to just like Helly's name, you know, the first four letters is hell. And if she, if yeah. her name was written anywhere, like her head would be blocked would be the blocking Y or it. something like that to, to give you this. And it's always very subtle and it's, and it creates this subconscious imagery of hell because a lot of people consider these corporate worlds, especially at the bottom, just as we're alluding to as hell, but it's fascinating. So going back to the cinematography and the imagery, it's fascinating because in his work life version of himself, Mark, everything, yes, is bright and white and sterile, but he's mm-hmm. so happy. He's you happy. know, did you ever yeah. notice that? Whereas when we go into his outside work life, all the lighting is dark and drab and dreary, and he is a wreck. Yeah. yeah, he's an absolute wreck. We even see this in one of the coolest blocking shots they have in the show. There's whole fucking YouTube channels dedicated to this is the warping of his face in the elevator. I thought that was CG. That's actually done by a uh, just a film technique where they essentially they they rush the not rush. They they push the camera like closer to his face, but it uses a different lens and it creates this optical illusion essentially of his face warping. So I thought that was CG in the elevator scene, but it's actually practical. Shout out to the cinematographer for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, guys, you can, uh, if you want to dive deeper into that, you can check out full YouTube, like, <laughs> like That's shows cool. dedicated to literally <clears throat> just that elevator scene. So Lumen is sterile and simple and mechanical and the outside world is filled, still filled with everything Lumen, even though it's dark. And I feel like that says a lot about how I, I've probably the easiest example is Amazon. Like I was putting Amazon batteries into my fucking remote control. Oh, yeah. I'm like, they have they had they literally have their name on everything. Yeah, they would they would find like popular and this is what they've been accused of a lot. They would find popular sol- selling items, just straight up copy them into their own brand without getting And they would just any- be like a dollar or two cheaper, right? They would they would undercut the competition just by like a dollar or two. Yeah, they know? would do that and and it's it's been a big, you know, debate on whether that's legal or not and they've been sued multiple times, but the the mammoth b- machine behind that, you know, probably gets How do you feel um this wasn't in our outline, but I am curious that we're bringing it up. How do you feel about we're starting to see a little bit of the infrastructure cracking. And what I mean by that is uh, we're seeing unions, Amazon unions um, sprout up, if you will. And I don't really think it's a bad thing. They they need no. they need to be protected. Um, a lot of those employees that again are kind of abused. We've yeah. seen this in documentaries and things. And again, they could be looked at as this weird kind of indentured servitude, which is just a nice word for slavery that you volunteer for you know novo um as i've <laughs> said before time is like flat circle time um, is a flat circle no you're seeing history kind of repeat itself again and uh unions have been demonized and and um kind of um oh there was multi-million dollar uh ad campaigns and lobbying against this Amazon in this example, yeah, Amazon yeah. Union, because they knew they were going to get rights and, and, and their rights back and more money and all these protections, which of course the people at the top don't want because because that means less money in their fucking deep pockets. 
Yeah, and, and the common you know argument against it is, well, this is capitalism. Corporations should be able to be, do what they want. And if you don't like it, you don't have to work there or buy their products. But when you don't have any other choice, uh, <laughs> that's a different that's a different uh, subject. We call and that so, monopolies in a way. Yeah, so. and you know we're seeing a lot of that happen, and and especially like yeah with with Amazon, I think it's a great thing um, because this you know a lot of what this country um, how it became very uh, successful in the mid uh, 20th century was the strong working middle class. Yeah. And a lot of that had to do with, with strong unions. Now, some people are like, you know, I don't want to pay. I don't think it's right when somebody gets paid, you know, 30 something dollars an hour to mop floors. Well, if you look at the minimum wage, um, what it was back then, and you take inflation, look at now, you know, people should be making 40, $50 an hour or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. That the minimum wage is not the minimum wage. So whenever you think about that, also question who's been telling you all this stuff too. And that's kind of going back to this show, you know, a lot of what corporate uh, life is, is it, it, it's, it's kind of taught in and pushed in a way that you, you become okay with things that normally you wouldn't think are right. right. Um, and that's where a lot of, I think the, kind of going back to this the show is is that you're kind of being you know almost brainwashed a little bit so that that's another part of you know our society i'm not saying that you know our system is is bad or anything but i'm saying it is flawed very flawed yeah it's it's not perfect and where there are imperfections it's like spikes in exactly uh, (laughs) <laughs> and, and we, we always we need to keep an eye out because this is a sip, slippery slope where we could all become, you know, drones, um, which is kind of like what this <laughs> show is about. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of societal things going on right now. Yeah. Let me ask you this, too, because I I feel I, I am actually one of those people that feel like do we really maybe there should be a cap i know in 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 a democratic very capitalistic society like we have there is a part of me that thinks yes if you work your ass off and you do all these things you should deserve all the success in the world i yeah. do believe that but do we really need billionaires the, i yeah. don't think we need that do we need more do we need people to have money that you they will never spend in their lifetime Exactly. Like, could we spread impossible. that out to Goodwill and Red Cross? Yeah. And, and you've you heard know, about some of these truly guys, people like, in need. They've tried spending their money and they can't spend it fast enough. You know, and that that's seriously that that's been a case with some of these guys. Well, like, I've always found that the the fine yeah the financial side to this is fascinating. When I get more and more into investing and things like that, because yeah, like ten thousand dollars or even a hundred thousand dollars to me and you in the bank when you take in interest into account, even basic interest is not a ton, but if these guys are holding millions and millions and then billions of dollars, that level of interest, that's why the rich always get richer, right? We don't yeah. think about it in, in those terms, but if someone's just putting that level of money into a basic, like even like a jokingly bad savings account, like <laughs> 0.01% interest, yeah. which is what a lot of us have, they're still making jokingly large amounts yeah. based off of that or their or their wealth is held into you know a lot of it's held into also stocks and bonds and things like that so yeah they're just yeah, making shares share they're making an insane amount of money just off of the you know compound interest and it's just like sitting that. So, <laughs> yeah just like it's sitting yeah, around I, essentially. I yeah in 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 i know this is a heated subject but really i mean no, that's why we do the point, show at some point something's got to give Oh, yeah. There's so many bubbles. We've seen this in the housing uh, market of 2008. I think we're getting close in the fucking 
uh, tuition costs and education. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to in and and this kind of stuff. And I, I think, yeah. and that's why I feel like it's just it's so it's so fucking slow. It's yeah, it's it, slow to move and evolve. That's why we're just now seeing um, unions for Amazon that yeah. probably should have been created years and years ago with when we started to really learn about the abuses going on well since the 80s there's been a trend to really kill unions and and yeah there's there's um and it's coming back now because it you got to remember and this is what i've i've told you know a lot of people and especially in our friend group that that argue against the against our thesis here but i said at the end of the day there's more of us than there are you and eventually that will catch up with you um that's yeah that's a good point yeah and it always has throughout history that's why we see revolutions in history and exactly like that. and that's what i was leading to i mean it, it ends up being a point where you know it was past overdue but that that bell will ring and and time will come so i mean that's the thing is i think it's just part of also the human species is that we get sick and tired yeah of being yeah. pushed down and, and not respected and not treated fairly and <laughs> and there, and there are, we, we change things yeah and then there are things like you know people point out well what about north korea i mean look at them they've got m- millions of people and they've got only uh high leadership well there's there's that's the also the importance of education and and uh other things is that they've been brainwashed they've been indoctrinated uh, most of them since birth now so that that also is a thing so that's also something to keep in mind and that's kind of going back to this show as well yeah let's pull um, it back i feel like we need yeah. to we need to pull it back now uh to the show again. you're getting a doc you get indoctrinated in these workplaces by thinking and and one of the characters john Tutero's character i was just thinking that yeah it, i steal mean it. that that is that is the idea of a company man that is goes above and beyond for the company but his but his audi is the opposite he's Saudi's conspiring to change everything yep so yeah Irving's that's yeah that was a perfect perfect segue to yeah talking about Irving Irving's and he's like yeah he can he can quote the handbook and all these things and he's like he's like the preacher of the group right he's like the head of the church saying that well yeah we have to we have to we have to continue this blind faith this worship of of the Egan family and all these things. And then his Audi is like uh, conspiring to try to bring them down. It's such a fascinating dichotomy between the two. And I think probably we should probably talk about Heli that for the whole show. And my, my wife kept like noting this before she actually called it before it happened. It's like, why she's so, why is it so important that she stay in the severance program? And then it hit her. She, she was like, I bet she is a fucking Egan. And sure enough, we learned she's an Egan at the, at the end. And it's the same kind of thing We're we're seeing this strange, like she's even trapped. She's, I feel like a lot of these discussions are going back to these models of slavery where she feels like she has to do this for the family. Yeah. She's enslaved to her family's legacy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. There's, there's different levels of enslavement that we look at this. We look at enslavement against um, our own personal uh, demons. Why we're trying to use this with Mark. With then, the and then, of his the, then the literal work level. We and are then, enslaved yeah. to our nine to five. We're, and then we're enslaved to our nine to five. And then with this, you're also enslaved to your family. Sometimes, and the legacy that you want to provide and that's and we've seen that too with a lot of these uh big corporations that have gone on generations we've seen that that i mean again it goes back to royalty um and we've seen changes in that today like look at prince harry just basically rejecting 
um, his title. Oh, that's yeah. a good that's a good uh, T book tangent corner because yeah. I thought I didn't think this would come up in this episode, but that was like the first you know uh, thread of the you know the sweater. When I when I saw that, when I saw like, oh shit, they're rejecting because like for for a long time, I've always thought that the literal royalty and I know it's tradition. I know they don't actually control anything like they used to, but it's um, it is kind of ridiculous from this very objective standpoint, especially how (laughs) uh, society and culture has evolved that we're still treating them as royalty just because, you know, someone was chosen back then. And just because the blood, they're chosen by God. They're chosen. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. But yeah, but it is ridiculous. And I think even they are starting to see that as, as such. And that's when, when they started to, when he started to deny these things, I was like, this may be the beginning of the end for this kind of institution. Well, the, the, the biggest thing, and I, I watched something about this and they said the, the, probably the one thing that will keep the Royal family going is not the Royal family. It's the government. It's because it's a huge tourist attraction. Exactly. And they're making a lot of money money off of tours and people coming to visit that stuff. So let's pull that round circle. That's kind of, you know, um, royalty is now a business. Yeah. Much like your Amazons and your apples and all this shit. It is kind of its own, but, and and then God really to really pull it back and, and close circles. That is the scariest form of slavery I can think of is being in that level of public eye and not being able. So I kind of applaud what's his name for kind of breaking off and yeah, like, we don't want to do this anymore. A lot of that um, goes to his, his mother who wanted him to have, try to have her, her kids have like the most normal life they could. And obviously mm, that was impossible. Um, exactly. And then when she passed, it was, I think it made a, but I mean like people I've, there was a Reddit post the other day where somebody posted a thing where uh, she took the boys to a water park and they looked generally happy. And <laughs> and she she made them uh, stand in line with the rest of the groups of people. They didn't get any special treatment. They didn't get to go fast forward, you know, get ahead of the lines. And it was yeah. because she wanted them to kind of be humble and stuff like that. So I think you see a lot of that, especially in Harry. I, William is <laughs> I think he's got the weight of the William. world on him because he's going to be the next guy running the show. Probably sooner the than throne kind of thing. Yeah. Well, sooner than later. Um I don't know his dad's that uh, well, we won't get into that, but yeah, let's, um, <laughs> let's pull it back. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's pull it back to more of the art. I think we need to talk yeah. about this before, uh, we, uh, tie a bow in the sky and, uh, and conclude. And that is, I love and am in love with the opening sequence. If you don't know who oh, did yeah. that, the, so this is 3d animation. Um, you can find this guy on his own website. He does a lot of things on Instagram to show his art off and his, um, his stage name, his moniker is extra wag. That's extra W E G extra wag. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, cause you know, you know me, Buck, the good people know me pretty well by now. Nova loves some fucking surrealism and it was just so weird and surreal. And, and I urge people, this is kind of, this is pretty much my gem of the week. So this is the pre gem gem of the week is extra wick. Um, get into his work. It's, it's, it's weird and strange, very surreal, but it's, it's one of those kinds of things that you can't look away. Like you're, you're it, just, you want to keep looking at more. You're so drawn to it. It reminded me of, it looked a lot like, um, the Sims. 
like <laughs> yeah kind of yeah like yeah uh, with surrealism um have you actually looked at his other work no buck? i haven't no I okay haven't. buck buck is the audience right now so buck after the show just just go to his site or go to his instagram handle and you'll just see a long they're they're usually a short little um looping clips he always mm. kind of makes them looping so it's yeah. like you know 20 seconds 30 seconds of this fascinating imagery and art i guarantee you you will you will be lost in the world be lost in the world of what was his name extra wag e-x-t-r-a-w-e-g extra wag i feel like the wag part sounds like people off yeah it sounds like a very (laughs) british extra wag no um he's wag he's he is european of some capacity i forgot exactly where he's from but yeah he's he's He's, um, you know, for our international audience out there, I know he's probably a big fan, much like, you know, Kim oh. K, Kanye, Billie Eilish, um, Bieber. I know Extra Weg is probably <laughs> listening right now. Like our Right other- off the bat, when you go to the website. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, does it show the, the opening sequence or what? No, it shows uh, a kind of rose gold um, mannequin style thing going on a, uh, a diving board and jumping into the face of a feminine figure. Very surreal guys. Very surreal. But if you like that stuff, you're going to fall in love. Buck's doing it right now. I can see his face. I can see his face. Oh, he's done a uh, lot of great illuminating with happiness. Yes, indeed. Indubitably. So let's, I think we need to maybe bring this guy home. I think we talked a little bit about every thing so let's tie a bow on it for the good people buck tell them why they need to get into severance why it is quite an artistic cup of tea and something i think our people will fall in love with look look, folks you've been watching (laughs) you've been watching too much 90 day fiance and oh they have oh god yes your marvel movies yeah he comes down from the skies well marty's a big fan of the show too so we we need to talk to him specifically so we're talking to marty right now too marty's marty's looking at you while you're watching your marvel (laughs) movies and he's just giving you a scorned look like a mean bug so what you need to do make marty happy you need to go like he's doing a robert de niro impression like well, yeah um, but it's like mark you know you're like martin scorsese does like his like very animated <laughs> laugh and then he's going like he's sitting there's like to mm, bobby de niro and he goes mm, bobby de niro anyways so, it, so make so make marty when marty when he's hovering over the sky at you and in in director nirvana he's you know <laughs> <laughs> he wants you to he wants you to watch something cerebral that it's going to be hard yes. to watch Ooh, sometimes yes. it's going to make you think but also enjoy as well so that's why you gotta you gotta pull back and you gotta you got d- watch something that's kind of difficult that makes you think don't it's kind of like what i have to tell my sister she goes i like watching those shows because they make me feel better about yourself and i'm like no and she's like i can't watch that because it's i have to pay attention and i say that's exactly why you have to watch it pay attention it's mind to expanding yeah expand your mind Stop watching the Kardashians if that's still on TV. I have no idea. Make Marty happy. 
<laughs> Make Marty happy, guys. There you go. Uh, Severance. This is Apple TV's, another one of our overlords, Apple TV's Severance. It's excellent. And that is essentially the first season Steve in a nutshell. Steve is watching you. Oh, God. Oh, God. But that's essentially the first season in a nutshell. There, It has been greenlit for more seasons, and we can't wait. And I think you guys will fucking fall in love. So thank you for listening. I want to thank my guest, of course, Mr. Theodore Buck, for joining us. But before we go, you know, we got a little extra for you, a little icing on the cake, a little cherry on top with what we call the gym of the week. If you don't know what the gym of the week is, it's essentially something we like to talk about here at the end of our shows that doesn't always perfectly fit into the scheme of the episode, though mine did. So I'm curious to hear what Buck's going to say today. But, you know, sometimes it's on our radar in the last day, last week, maybe last month. But we got to give it to you guys so you guys can dig deeper. Before we talk about the gyms, of course, we have to talk about their sponsor. Zencaster. Zencaster is our go-to tool for remote podcast recordings. What's great is you can record separate audio and video tracks, and it's all backed up on a secure cloud, so you never lose your hard work. Even better, it's easy to use, and there's nothing to download. So go to zen.ai, that's Z-E-N dot A-I slash Art of the Beholder, or just use promo code Art of the Beholder and get 30% off your first three months with the pro account. Now back to the gems. So I already kind of did mine. It's extra wag. Check that guy's shit out. It's fucking great. Um, I uh, I I don't have other time. There is a... Uh, I, I will say this. I kind of want to do a show on Extra Wag. That's part of the reason mm. I want to keep uh, plugging him. I feel like he's his work is that fascinating. I may just do a, a quick cut, like by myself, bonus episode. Cool. But um, also the the artwork of Tales from the Loop. But uh, I, uh, that's, yeah, that's the I've main things for me. Yeah, that's Buck, what do you got things. for us? Oh, you know what? I <laughs> just got begin? in. Where to begin? You know, it's it's a popular topic. I'm sorry, Uh-oh. it's not really a gym, but. Okay, what? Yeah, Ooh, yeah to check out Kendrick's new album. Oh, it's, fuck yeah. Oh, I was uh, I, I was thinking about tweeting this um recently since we got to be evergreen baby is uh I I want to say that music had a birthday, you know? Music had like a graduation or something. We got Kendrick Lamar, new album Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. on the same day that we got The Smile. We haven't talked about Excellent. Radiohead in a while, which is that's uh, that's a little side project. Little side with, project uh, that the boys Tom Yorkie, Tom Yorkie, Yorkie, and yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, his favorite guitarist and a drummer that is is new. So it's just a trio. Yeah, and um, and then I'm not sure if you're even a big Florence and the Machine fan, but we got a new album by her too. I saw that. I have not had a chance to listen to it. I'm not the biggest. I'm a suit. Yeah, I'm a. I like. It's like it's like Arcade Fire. I I want to love them, but it just never has crossed that threshold. I really, really, really like them. You know, I'd see them in concert and support them and all that shit, but I just I'm not in love. I'm not. I'm not quite there. Another thing too is that I'm I'm trying to get I don't know if Novo Day ever got the the uh, the invite or not, but they have this cool feature where you can build playlists with friends and. Um, oh yeah, we I yeah. I accepted your invitation. Did you not see yeah, that? I did not. Yeah, see Novo that. Day. Mm. I feel like that. I feel like it's the first time you've ever said my full name. <laughs> oh really? Though yeah, I, I don't think you've Novo? ever said Novo Day ever. I think you always oh. just say Novo, like most people. Well, normally I just call you. Mr. N. Mr. N. Mr. N. Uh, <laughs> Mr. F. 
Yeah, Mr. No, but, Chich. But that's fun too. You know what? You, you, that's another thing. You, you, well, you give folks. us a quick review on. You just sidetracked too much. Give us a quick review of Kendrick Lamar's new album. Oh, give us a quick there's cut. A, there, okay. There's it's a excellent. four. There. Oh, there you go, folks. I just hit it again. Oh, we um, hit his mic stand. Uh, and we, can, we can the, we can die. <laughs> You can, we can die happy can die now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Kendrick, I, I will. I don't I don't like spoiling. All. I'll just say there's a four track set that's really, really deep and gets into some pretty major uh, themes heavy and tones shit. and heavy shit. Yeah. So I like it so far. Uh, I think it's another. I, I texted you one time about this with his last album. We are watching somebody that's at you know that it it right now is currently the best in their field and i don't think we've seen i don't think we've seen the top tippity top yet yeah um but we'll go down as one of the greats and i said that was really exciting um so yeah yeah he would definitely go down as one of the greats you know to pimp a butterfly actually one of my favorite albums that doesn't really get a lot of love is untitled unmastered is that how he named it it's just like rough raw tracks but and i I was like god these are great yeah these are so good and uh yeah uh you got anything else for us before we go i think that's it you know what i've been really enjoying is no baked cookies lately so shout out to those (laughs) actual cookies or like a show or something called no baked cookies no that'd be a cool show name it's just the it's just the I don't know. I, I had Is one the actual no bake cookies. Yeah, I, I made them the other day for the first time since I was like. It's funny because we had house. actual in my house. We had actually baked cookies. So we will end with that. Guys, don't forget to check out just cookies on occasion. That's what you yeah. need in your life. You had a rough day. You had a bad day. You had a bad month. Just get some cookies, just man. Get a cookie okay. In, and if you also like that, you can, of course, check out our stuff at NovaDayProductions.com. You can, of course, follow us at underscore Novo underscore Day and Days D E and at NovoDayMedia at NovaDayProductions.com and Zencaster, indeed. Yeah. Um, you can also check out some of our products that uh, include the Entropy Sessions, Post Meridium, Adulteration, Cancel Culture Lotto, uh, of course more of this show and a lot more to come that's in the oven so don't forget to like subscribe follow hit that notification bell do all the things make the overlords happy make the algorithms happy make marty happy and if you're watching this on youtube don't forget to um comment if you have a minute uh the love or the hate whatever you want to say we don't care We're, we're open to everything and you can also rate and review and most importantly if you'd like to sponsor our little love child here you can reach us at Novadaymedia at gmail.com. So until next time, guys, be good to each other. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novoday Productions, created and hosted by Novoday and the Novoday Collective. Facebook.com slash Novodaymedia at Novodaymedia on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com slash Aco Music123. Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com, and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved. Kia. Yeah.